Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another episode of DMN's one-on-one podcast. And I have with me as my guest today, John Waters, who's VP of Marketing at AnyClip. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. And we're going to talk about some really interesting topics um, around kind of areas of contextual advertising, personalization, where that can run into some challenges in the present data environment, and probably talking a little bit about brand safety and some of those other enduring topics. But first up, just to kind of set the scene, um, John, I understand any clip is about video, but it's about video in a kind of more sophisticated and subtle way than that. So perhaps just tell us what you do. Sure. Uh, So uh, I joined AnyClip earlier this year, so fairly new. Um, I really saw it as a great opportunity to build on my experience uh, launching and growing the Zaxxas brand uh, earlier this, you know, about 10 years ago or so. Um, And I was also excited by the the possibilities in front of AnyClip, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, create more relevant, more, more contextual brand safe experiences uh, and you know that's only been furthered now that I've seen the technology firsthand um, but just to give your audience a little mm-hmm. background uh, as to who AnyClip is and what we do uh, we've been around for about 10 years now uh, we're, we're venture backed by some really prominent uh, investors um, but three years ago uh, our current CEO Gil, uh, Gil Becker saw the opportunity for the industry needing a video intelligence, so right. AI-driven video intelligence, you know, actually understanding the content. Um, and so from then on, they spent the next uh, three or four years building uh, the, the technology, which is now our patented AI content analysis right. uh, engine, which uh, really, it allows us to do real-time video metadata. Um, you know, we ingest the videos, we analyze them, mm-hmm. and generate real-time metadata uh, you know, at scale. Um, and so that's allowed us to build on, um, you know, build on that data and build products for advertisers um, and for, for publishers like Time Out, Nesson, um, Motor Trend. Um, and, and, you know, I think what's excited me most now that I've, I've been here is it, it feels a lot like it did in 2011 right. when, when, you know, we were launching Zaxxis. Uh, it feels like the industry's at a pivot point. You know, back then it was on programmatic, yeah. and now with privacy and brand safety and everything, you know, it, it feels like it's it's pivoting again and almost, uh, you know, it, it, it's exciting to be in that. There are some big changes on the way, clearly, and interestingly, uh, these possibilities with video intelligence are fairly new. I say that because I've been around long enough to remember asking people the kinds of things you can do with text analysis, can you do it with video yet? And they were like, we're nearly there, but not quite yet. So it truly is the last two or three years this has become available. Now, I think we should... And I'll say we can do that. Sure, (laughs) you can do it. Uh, Let's talk definitions, first of all. Uh, Contextual advertising. What do you understand by contextual advertising? Sure. So I think the the easiest way to look at that is uh, it's, it's advertising that is using the content as the driver. Um, You know, I think with programmatic, uh, user data has has sort of been the the special sauce behind it all. Um, You know, everyone's built the DMPs and all all this stuff, and, you know, it was an arms race. Um, But with, with, you know, GDPR and everything that's happening now, that's becoming a little more shaky. Um, But contextual contextual targeting is built on the content, and it's understanding the content um, and, and targeting based on that. So understanding the content of the video 
and using that understanding to direct it to certain audiences, certain segments, that kind of thing. Exactly. So, and I would say it's beyond just uh, video. Mm-hmm. It's it's understanding um, the, the the full environment that you're in. Um, you know, any clip. We one of the things we do is we're matching the video. So we have all that video data. So yeah. we're able to understand it. But we also look at the the pages that we sit on, um, and we're matching those videos to those pages. Um, and for our publishers, we're really creating an endless stream of content for them and turning them into content platforms. Yes. But at the heart of that, it's it's understanding the whole content environment and and making sure it's it's relevant. Okay, so in other words, it's analogous to the challenge which traditional programmatic advertising had. If you're putting out ads at scale, some of them can end up in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. If you're not careful, when you can have uh, my favorite example I came across a few weeks ago was uh, Planned Parenthood advertising on a very conservative website which has some uncomplimentary things to say about women. So you don't want that kind of mm-hmm. thing happening if you're a brand. So how, how do, is, is it exactly the same for video or are there extra challenges? Well, uh, I think there, there's certainly, it is certainly the same with video. Um, I think video adds some extra challenges. Um, you know, I think one of the things you see recently is, uh, you know, even, even YouTube has endless problems with uh, brand safety. Uh, recently, it was, uh, there, there were videos where there were 15-second, 20-second uh, snippets within a kid's video where someone was teaching the kids how to kill themselves. Oh. Yeah. And it was and it was only found because a mother pediatrician had left the room, came back, and just happened to catch that one little snippet. Um, you know, I, I think the way it currently looks at now is a lot of the, the way that we look at videos is we look at history, past history, we look at comments, we look at the text. Mm-hmm. We're not really looking at the video itself, mm-hmm. um, and the technology hadn't been there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we you know it's something that we we do with our video intelligence, but. One of the things they're relying on a lot of that, especially history, is you run into issues like PewDiePie uh, a few yes. years ago, where if you looked at the history, he's the number one influencer on uh, on the, the net. You know, <laughs> everyone wants to be with him. Yeah. He then had a few unsavory content, and you know everything blew up. Yeah. And the advertisers that were along with with him for that ride they blew up and and you know not knowing what the video is in real time and not being able to understand that content and just relying on the history or the comp- comments or the likes yeah. you know it, it it adds to the to the the environment that you know the the failure could be there and how do how do you the brands go about setting parameters because obviously there are some brands which are much more comfortable appearing in with with adult content or with uh, you know mature content than mm-hmm. other brands so is, is this like a case-by-case case, uh, approach to setting the parameters of where where they want to be seen? It is. It definitely is. Um, you know, they have to choose what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, they choose the content that they want to be associated with. They choose the content they don't want to be associated with. Um, you know, I think in the programmatic world, it's really done with whitelist and blacklist yeah. and... Um, you know, one is obviously pushing to certain uh, environments that they want to be in, and the other is they don't want to be in certain environments. Um, but a different advertiser may want to be in there, so mm-hmm. it 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 they may want to be in a an environment, a very very charged political environment. Someone may want to be there. Um, you know, another brand they don't want to touch that. Right. Um, and so it it really depends on on the brand. Okay, and the the basis for all this, of course, is with all that video out there, is knowing what's in it and that's that's where you come in 
Yeah, that's definitely where we've, uh, you know, we, we've built our, our technology around that. Um, you know, we've had a couple other products and happy to go into those, but really at the heart of what we do is the, I, I want to call video intelligence, mm -hmm. um, you know, understanding what the content is. Um, you know, we, we actually can get in there. We, we can do on a IEB categories. So we tag it down to three levels of the IEB category. So for mm -hmm. an advertiser, they can say, I want to be in travel. Well, then we can go get all the content that's tagged with, uh, with travel and right. put them attached to that. Um, we've also done brand safety parameters. Um, so they're, they're proprietary models that we've put in that as we get these, uh, the, the data, we just keep building on it and we put these models in there. Um, and then also we can work with advertisers to do their own custom. Right. You know, whatever they want, we'll build the taxonomy and um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We, we've had it with uh, March Madness. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we, we worked with a, a publisher and an advertiser and, the, and they were interested uh, in finding all the spots uh, within the content where players are either hugging or kissing and celebrating. <laughs> um, and so it was, I think, for a tissue company cool. and so that's what they were pitching. Um, so we're able to build those taxonomies and, and really dig into that. That's a nice use case. I definitely want to come back to that, but first of all, I just wanted to, to clarify. Um, you're not, uh, I presume, analyzing videos right across the web. You're doing it for a set of publishers, I presume, which can still be an awful lot of content. So we are. So uh, we do it based on um, you know, the content that's coming into our, our mm -hmm. library. So right now we have about 3 million um, videos in our library. Uh, from about 80 of the top content producers in the country um, and we're adding tens of thousands a day so some every day some every hour uh, and then some with you know a publisher a producer like Bloomberg or Reuters yeah. every 15 minutes there's a news story so we're ingesting that and then that's available to our publishers uh, to add to their their feed um, however we our technology can go that further away. Mm -hmm. So um, I think when we look down the road and, and you know, where is any clip in, in uh, two years, and that's probably too far to look ahead, you know, it's probably gonna be sooner than that. Uh, we can be that, that filter mm -hmm. where all video is running through and all video is being analyzed and you know, spitting that knowledge back out to advertisers uh, so they're comfortable. Um, but also to publishers, so they are able to build that trust up um, and, and go from there. I think at this point we say thank goodness for robots because you don't want, wouldn't want to have human eyes watching all that video. No, there's been, uh, <laughs> I think just about two or three weeks ago, there was an article uh, about Facebook and yeah. their, um, the, 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 I think it was the experience of, of their taggers, their human taggers. Yes, yes. Um, and it was not a good experience. Okay. Um, I mean, they they were talking their mental breakdowns i mean humans are not we're not made to just sit there and watch yeah. you know most of us are not um sit there and watch you know live murders and and all this stuff that they're trying to keep from getting out there yeah uh we, they're just not supposed to be there and seeing that um but at the same point the humans just can't handle the scale no and so course, yeah. you know that's where we do need the machines yeah. um you know all of our our stuff is just we put it through the, the machine. Um, obviously, the people are needed because mm -hmm. you have to teach the machine, you have to build the sure. machine, all of that. So, sure. so that's where we, we sort of, um, our people are, are, are tatamount to that secret sauce of that. Right. Um, but the machines definitely keep the people away from seeing <laughs> the terrible stuff. Uh, and also, right. they just allow the scale to, to be huge. Sure. Let's come back to the taxonomy idea and uh, what you can do in terms of... Uh, being able to target certain audiences because that raises a topic which is of 
of general interest to uh, to brands, mm -hmm. and that is the increasingly tight data regulation environment. We all know about GDPR, of course, but we're mm -hmm. seeing it here in California, some other states moving in the same direction. What What's the way through that minefield? Uh, yeah, no, we're definitely starting to see it here. Uh, you know, uh, I think before we, we started talking, I mentioned there's been some articles, Tim Cook is saying, we need GDPR here. Yeah. Um, so uh, if someone like that is saying that it's, it's coming, uh, how it gets executed, who knows? Um, Google will certainly say GDPR matters to them now, yeah. um, you know, 50 million euro lighter in their bank account because oh, yes. of their fines. Yes. Um, and I think there's hundreds more coming. Um, so so it's, it's definitely something that U.S. companies need to, ma need to mind. Um, but it, I think it's, it, we can go back to the contextual targeting. You asked mm -hmm. the question, what is that? Um, it's based on the content. So if you have content data, um, you can target on the data, right. on that data. That's not privacy uh, averse. That's, you know. We, yeah, content you, data. It's exactly. Not you, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's content data. You can also target things that, you know, we can build taxonomies for things that you're not allowed to target in user. You can do health ailments. You can do, um, you know, different things like that where you can't go that way, mm -hmm. political views. With the content, you're targeting the content, that's all you're putting it next to. You say, I want all the content that's like this. Right. And then you put yourself against that. Um, and so I think that's sort of where, where that can, um, where the content data can, can help. Um, and really the, the other aspects that I would point to are, um, you know, a lot of us, we all have different interests. Yeah. We, we all like different things. So when we're engaged in the content on one of those likes, our user data may say, oh, they also like to travel, let's, let's get this. But you know, if I'm camping, I may not want to find out about that five-star beach resort right then. <laughs> right. I may want camping gear. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's one of the aspects is is if you target the content and use the content data, you're reaching that audience that's engaged in that particular world. So you're giving that timing that the industry has always said. Yeah. Um, the the other part is uh, we're all sharing our devices. So you know, my nine-year-old or my eight-year-old take my phone left and right. <laughs> It may not be appropriate to send, you know, some sort of thing that's targeted based on my user data. Um, you know, maybe it's an alcohol ad or, or something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wouldn't be appropriate. But if it's targeted to that, that content, you know, maybe it's a baseball thing. And, and so they're getting targeted with, uh, you know, the Mets. Um, you know, I, I burden them with that. Okay. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, it, it, it avoids the creepy factor. Yeah. So we've all had this thing, and, and I've heard in a couple of your, your other podcasts, the retargeting uh, yes, example, yes, yes. where it's, you know, I think it was the shoes are following you all around. <laughs> but it can still be creepy even if it's not that bad. So that that's really the worst case scenario. But if it's really personalized, people are not wanting that. Yeah. They want relevant ads, but they don't really want the personalized. Um, I think there was a RSA security did a, a study earlier this year, and only 29% of the respondents actually said that they thought the value exchange was was yes. worth it yes. for for giving their data for for value, for for the ads. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, my personal response when I get a a very directly personally targeted ad, my first thought is not, oh, that's relevant. My first thought is, how did you know that about me? Mm -hmm. And that's not the the initial reaction that brands want want to find. No, no, it's definitely not. I mean, you want the 
it's the relevant uh, conversation that you mm. want, um, and that's where the the content comes in because people it, have shown that intent. It's an interesting concept. Let me see if I got it straight. What it is is you're you're finding an audience engaged with certain well-defined content which you can identify through your your video intelligence, mm -hmm. and you can serve similar kinds of content to that audience without needing to know that audience's name, social security number, address, and bank account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really don't need to know anything about them. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a uh, we were working with an advertiser, um, and so they're they're a gaming advertiser. So mm -hmm. they 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 create video games. Um, and what they wanted to do is they were most interested in just reaching not so much uh, gaming enthusiasts on you know our gaming networks, but actually just going with the content. And so we were able to propose to them, well, how about we put your messages attached to all of the content within our network um, across all the, the publishers we have that's game console. Right. And so their message is going to be that um, for a... For a sports advertiser, maybe it's Nike, maybe it's uh, Adidas, and they want to be put against LeBron. Um, and you know, we can we, you can serve that up. And so, anytime it's it, LeBron tag shows up, they could be stuck. Their their ad could be put there. And so, you're going against those targets, yeah. um, and you you don't need to know the the the, the user data. Um, it's really it's not needed. It's yeah. it's the content is where you're actually in that environment, that timing that someone's actually engaged in that um, and, and that's where you want to be. That's a, it's a great concept. Um, we're running out of time. I just wanted to ask you about one other thing and I think I probably got it out of the logical order but mm. let's at least cover it um, while I've got you here. And that's the um, this IAB associated solution ads.txt if I'm saying that correctly ads.txt How does that help? That's a brand safety thing isn't it? Uh, actually, it's it's um, yes and no. So mm -hmm. I think the two big things that you hear a lot now are uh, ads.txt um, and GDPR. Right. And they're, they're really the, the two things that are affecting and, and you just hear about all the time. Yeah. You have to sort of look at how they both came about. So ads.txt is really from the industry within. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you said, the IEB. So it's the advertisers demanding more transparency. They want to know where their money's going. I see. Um, it's been helpful yeah. in that... It's weeded out a lot of the bad traffic. Uh, it's weeded out people reselling that they shouldn't be selling um, because it's checking the list, and if you're not there, you're not you're not able to serve the ad. So it's helped in that sense. It's improved the relationship, the trust within the industry. Yeah. Um, so it's it's done a good job. GDPR that's been in the outside. Yeah. So you know now it's mostly in Europe, but that was really about consumer privacy and shifting the ownership of the data, the consumer data back to the consumers. So in that case, it's residents of uh, Europe. Um, but neither one really deals with brand safety because mm -hmm. neither one of them will keep bad content from reaching, uh, you know, hateful speech content reaching a user or an advertiser being attached to some really bad content. Yeah. So neither one actually protects on the brand safety. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of studies. One of them said even the single uh, brand safety failure can lead to um, dismantling years of goodwill that a brand's sure. done because people don't understand really how uh, the digital ad works. Right. They don't understand, you know, they, they think about TV and you're running against, uh, you know, that primetime show on CBS, you've chosen to be there. It's not quite the way it works uh, with, with digital ads, no. so, but as far as the, the consumers are 
that you did that and so it the brand is tagged with whatever that content um and so ads.text and gdpr have helped but neither one has okay. uh, really addressed the brand safety so ads.text it's really helping brands not to waste money on fraudulent websites websites where you've got a lot of views from bots and, and that kind of thing. It's it's on that side. It is, and I think it's I think it is helping the publishers as yeah. well because the the trust in the mm -hmm. is is improving. And so if you are able to rid yourself of a lot of uh, bad actors, uh, it goes up. Um, and I remember when Group M rolled out the the viewability yeah. uh, standard, it was sort of pushed the the industry. Um, and I think a lot of publishers didn't like it. But in the end, I think the publishers that were able to deliver that and were able to do well under those standards got paid even more for their 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 inventory because it yeah. was worth more um and i think that's where ads.text is 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 taking it as well there's value being upfront and straightforward isn't yeah. there in the long run it usually is yes <laughs> okay john <laughs> thanks for letting me pick your brains on a whole variety of subjects thanks for joining us thank you very much